This is Shifting Our Schools, episode 58, Managing Device Distraction in the One-to-One Classroom. If you want to strengthen your classroom management skills to keep the focus on the learning in a technology-rich classroom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. All right. Welcome back to another Shifting Our Schools episode. Thank you for being a subscriber. And if you are not a subscriber, and maybe this is the first time you've listened to us, please do subscribe to our podcast. Uh, You can find us anywhere and everywhere podcasts can be found. You just need to search for Shifting Our Schools. As promised throughout the summer, we are launching our one-to-one summer of fun, where we are going to be talking about the one-to-one classroom and supporting the one-to-one teacher, one-to-one coaches, one-to-one administrators all summer long. And with that, we are giving away a lot of prizes over at our parent company, Edura Learning. And so I want us to get started with that before we get into the show. And so as you know, as we promote this throughout the summer, we are giving away materials uh, and discounts on courses. There is no discount on a course this week because we are in the process of moving our site from a host of just WordPress sites over to Amazon Web Services. So we are growing up over at Eduro Learning, and so there's no way to purchase a course. You can still see all of the pages. Uh, We've cached everything, but we are in a big geek out mode here. Very exciting week here at Eduro Learning and shifting our schools as we move over to a bigger service uh, server that will help support you, support us, uh, be able to load pages faster. So we're don't have any course to put on sale this week, but we still have a freebie to give away. And so I want to make sure that we get that to you as again, we're going to have freebies all week long. So this week's freebie matches our theme and this week's freebie, sorry, freebie is our seven strategies for managing digital distractions in the classroom. You will be able to download it free until July 14th. And all you have to do is go to sospodcast.org slash one two one. So it's one to one. Or if you just go to sospodcast.org up at the top, you will see a link that says one to one. You click there and it'll take you over to our one to one page at Edura Learning, where you'll see a lot more resources. You'll see other PDFs that are going to be coming on sale throughout the year. Uh, all that we offer to support teachers in the one-to-one classroom. You can pick up your free download, uh, check out some of the videos and other resources we have over there, and also check out our micro-credential, which will be launching at the beginning of the next school year, where you can spend 23 weeks, basically almost the entire school year next year, having a coach or a mentor like myself. Uh, and We're lining up a really good academic uh, level uh, mentor and coach for you, and hopefully we'll be able to announce that very soon soon. Uh, so please head on over to sospodcast.org slash one two one or click on the link when you get to sospodcast.org and you'll be able to see all the details as we kick off or we continue on with our, I guess we don't have to kick it off anymore. We're in it. Our one-to-one summer of fun. All right. So this week is all about managing distractions. Our seven strategies for managing digital distractions is your free PDF. And here today's episode is focused on that as well. You can, we have a great conversation with Deborah Hernandez, who is a tech coach supporting teachers in the one-to-one program. Together, we discuss five key strategies we see teachers can use to help minimize device distraction in the classroom. You're in for a good one. You might want to listen to this one again 
And with that, on with the show. All right. Well, welcome back to another Shifting Our Schools podcast. I'm so excited to be here with Deborah. Welcome from uh, the amazing city of Portland. So we're keeping it on West Coast time here, which is making things nice and easy uh, to go. So um, so great to have you here. We're going to just take a moment, uh, have you introduce yourself, uh, talk about your classroom, your school district a little bit, and then we're going to jump in and talk about the distracted classroom and some tips we have to trying to help uh, both teachers and students in the distracted classroom. So Deborah, welcome. Uh, and go ahead and introduce yourself to us all. Hi. Hi. Uh, well, you know me, but my name is Deborah Hernandez, and I'm here in Portland, Oregon. Actually, though, I work in Washington. I work for Evergreen School District in Washington, and I'm an EdTech TOSA. So I have many classrooms that I work with. My territory consists consists of uh, a total this year of seven schools, one high school, one middle school, and five elementary schools. Uh, the, total, uh, the total student body, just to give you an idea, at Evergreen is about uh, 27,000 students. Yeah, you guys are And quite this big. year they came, yeah, yeah. And you know what? It was a big accomplishment this year because they, and I was, I'm so excited to talk to you um, about this topic, was because they did the rollout this year of one-to-one. So high school uh, and middle school, uh, roughly, I would think, and when I'm telling you these numbers, they're approximates, but I think what they were, the last tweet that I saw from the superintendent is that this year they rolled out 11,000 devices wow. uh, for those kids to take home. So they got to use them at home and at school. It was a, a real school, you know, a school supply, like a notebook, yeah. right? Yeah, and a pencil. So cool. And then, um, and the, yeah, and then the elementary school went one-to-one, -one, however, they keep uh, they keep the devices at school. And I believe that that was like uh, through uh, two through five and then K through one is using iPads. So that's how it, that's how it rolls at rolls Evergreen School District in Vancouver. I love it. I love it. It's so good, man. And uh, you know, 11,000 devices. I was talking to a recording a, another podcast last night of a school yeah. district in New Hampshire and uh -huh. uh, they're just struggling with infrastructure, you know, and they're like, what do you do? I was like, man, if you don't have good infrastructure, it's hard to get there. And you get to a scale like that, like 11,000 devices that kids are taking home, the management of that uh, and the connectivity that is needed in the classroom to make that work is, uh, is quite, is, uh, it gets big quickly. So that's awesome. So, well, thank you so much for taking time. Yeah. Thanks so much for taking time to, to talk with me today. We're going to be talking about uh, tips and tricks for the one-to-one -one classroom especially around distractions. Talk to me, Deborah, why is this like, why is this something that you're thinking about? And when we put out the call to kind of like sign up for different podcasts, you signed up for this one. What is it about this topic that you like? Um, just because of the connection that I had with it in terms of the transformation that happened this year, and at, well, let's call it a transition this year, and it was it was a big one, um, especially uh, for middle school and high school. Uh, what we looked at, and you know, I listened to some other of your uh, podcasts in the past, and some of the challenges that happen in terms of the community, in terms of parents and their concerns about how this was going to be navigated for children and how they were going to, you know, communicate with it and what they were going to use it for. And uh, what I was really curious about was the paradigm of the, the, the shift that was going to happen in school because of this now, because they had mm -hmm. access to this really powerful uh, piece of 
technology that was going to yeah. change, you know, how their learning uh, was going to happen. And so uh, one of the things that started happening right away, though, was shut it down. Like, how do we stop? Like, we're going to stop chatting on Google Hangouts because they're talking. We're going to stop. How do we stop them from cheating? How do we stop them from... <laughs> It's funny though, right? We give kids this really powerful tool and then as educators, we go directly to the, how do we stop them doing this? How do we stop them doing that? Like, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say that, I'm not saying that any of the teachers are bad teachers at Evergreen. Actually, they're good teachers. They're just, what they're really concerned about is number one, they're, they're concerned about, you know, uh, bullying, right? Yeah. That's what they're concerned about. They're concerned yeah. about the, the as well like you know what is going to be appropriate conversation that you're going to have on here and then also uh the concern you know the academic concern that's a that's a legitimate concern in terms of what that you know what that gonna you know what that means because there's a lot of temptation out there right yeah, like i sure. uh, you know hey like you can't you know what if there's a test and you could look up the answer you know mm, i uh, yeah yeah so i don't I don't blame them. However, at the same time, again, it was a, a big shift. And uh, so that's why I was interested in hearing about, uh, you know, what other people had to say. And I started looking a little bit on there. And I told you uh, briefly that I looked up some articles from the Chronicle of Higher Education. And what I wanted to discover and understand was, um, you know, what does a, a distraction really mean to um, how, how are we really going to be able to focus as far as that's concerned? Um, are we going to be distracted by chatting? Are we going to be distracted by, you know, trying to look for an answer when maybe the answer is just already right in front of us? You know, how do we properly search for something? How do we, how do we do that? There's, it's, it's a big, it's a big topic. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, the uh, journal had talked about or the blog was that uh, it, it really comes down to goals um, and sustaining our attention. So you have a goal in mind or a learning target and you know, how long is your brain going to be able to sustain attention to that goal or what's going to happen? Um, especially if the goal is, is some, is it going to be something that you're going to be motivated to want to learn about or, or is it a task that, you know, maybe isn't really the most fun. And so what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. You know, I think, you know, to, to your point, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes in, goes into the idea of what is a distraction and how, how we, we know what the, you know, there's so much research out there on what the focused time is for students, especially middle school, high school students, like 45 minutes is a long time for a full grown adult to stay focused on a task, mm -hmm. let alone um, a middle school or high schooler. Right. So trying right. to break those tasks down into 15 yeah. or 20 minute, you know, kind of like chunks becomes a huge part of keeping kids on mm -hmm. task with or without technology. You know, when we start talking about technology, that's where one of the things I really like to use is I love the use of a timer because I don't want to tell kids, Oh, you know, we're talking about X, Y, and Z. I'm going to give you some time to go research, go research. No, right. you've got 10 minutes. What do you find in 10 minutes after 10 minutes? That's it. Then we're going to switch. We're going to close your, close your laptops and we're going to talk about what did you find. You're not going to find a lot in 10 minutes, but at least you get a sense. Then you get a time to reflect on what you did find. What is yeah. your next step? And then I send you back out there, right? So you, right. you chunk, you even chunk up the, the, that idea of researching on, on the web as well.
Yeah. And I think that that goes back to like when, you know, we're talking about like the five things and I think number one is, you know, what are you using this, the tech for? Um, are you, are you plugging kids into a canned curriculum? Uh, and, and those terms like, you know, and you know what, I mean, you know, sometimes teachers are assigned that, you know what, you have to have spend 30 minutes a week on this online map. Program. Yeah, exactly. Doing that. Or are kids engaged in some kind of communication and creation where they're going to be using the device, you know, for, for, you know, that purpose. And so, and, and in that case, I think that chunking what you're talking about is perfect, especially if you're going to, you know what, if you're going to have to do it, let's go ahead and do it, but let's actually do it in a reasonable way that your brain is actually going to be able to, uh, how would you say, accept the information, right? That you're actually going to be able to use it and, you know, learn something from it. So if you're going to have to do that, let's go ahead and set a timer, chunk it down um, so that if you have to be receptive about it, or even if you're going to have to search for something, let's go ahead and chunk that down, you know, to make sure that you're not going to get uh, distracted because you know what, you know, looking for that content after a while, you, your, your mind starts to wander. Yeah. What do you think? And Does that, that make sense? I, I love that. And I think that's why I love this is like your first tip is like, what are you using tech for? For me, I, it comes down to purpose, you know, if, and that's the, that same thing. Like what is the yeah. purpose of the technology and if your purpose is not clear there's going to be distraction all over the place like you know if the learning target's not clear you're yeah. going to end up somewhere you've got yeah. to have a strong purpose and right. if you don't have a strong purpose then you're really you know that's like building a it's like building a, a house out of toothpicks you know if you don't have a strong foundation it, it's going to go sideways really quick and then you have kids all over the web if you got you have to know what that purpose is and to the point kind of where you were talking about too is is that that off it's got to be authentic yeah you know, if it's a canned curriculum if you're talking like yeah. and i totally get what you're talking about there is so many districts in, <laughs> in our state right now that have using this math curriculum where it's like we're going to take the kids down to the computer lab or everybody open up your mm -hmm. laptop and for 30 minutes a day you're going to do the little mm -hmm. thing on the web and wonder why kids aren't sustaining yeah. focus yeah that's just that's yeah Plugging kids in is not, not what we, that's not, I hope that's not the reason why we give every kid a laptop. <laughs> no, and I don't think it is. However, it is the reality of Absolutely. what happens as part of the day. And you, you know what, I, I do want, I want them to get something out of it. I really yeah. do. Um, and I believe that, you know, they could. However, um, you know what, you have to do it in a manageable, a manageable amount of time. It would just be, another example of that would be, I would say typing practice, right? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, some kids love typing, but I think, you know, five, 10 minutes a day, that's okay. Okay. You know, and then, but if you do it consistently, that's where the skill is going to be built up. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be for, you know, extended, uh, you know, periods of time and, you know, and it's, it's okay to do that. I mean, if you really think about in the scheme of an entire day, what happens to people at work or what happens to a child, uh, you know, during the school day, like how much of that time is actually spent on just 100% zeroing and focusing on one single thing. I, I really don't even know if there's a number for that. Do you, I mean, I'd be I curious no to idea. see because the reality is our brains don't work like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> our brains don't work like that. <laughs> That's yeah. not how the brain works. And yet teachers, I feel like sometimes, fo you know, want kids to focus on one thing. And then, you know, the distraction, for lack of a better word, is easily the, the cell phone or a beep and a buzz on your computer or knowing that there's just another, you know, one tab away, there's something else. Um, I have a question.
Okay, and I'm sorry because there's a little bit of lag. So yeah, if that's okay. If I sound like I'm interrupting you, it's I, I apologize. Um, I just wanted to ask you because the the second thing that I wanted to um, discuss as well because I think it's there and I actually believe that it can be a useful tool is uh, something like Hapara. And again, like a lot of times, you know, people will think it's a way to control or shut something down, but I think it's also a way that you could use it to open up and you know, think about how you would use it purposely as a teacher with the task involved, like making sure that, you know, hey, these are the websites, again, for this amount of time that I want you to look at, and I would like you to focus on this. And also reduce that temptation. And as long as you're not using Hapara all day, uh, I, I believe that, because again, I almost feel like it's like the devil's advocate. If you do that, when they do break out, they're gonna be like the kid, you know, you're running, yeah. you're running free, you get the <laughs> breaking out. Yeah. <laughs> It's so true. And I think, you know, I think a good one-to-one -one classroom needs some kind of foundation like an LMS. Okay. Well, I always, I always, I call it like, I always just call it a container. I don't care what the container is. You need a container that you can put everything into so that kids can go to one place yeah. and know where they're going to get it. What happens is when we start thinking that an LMS system like Hapara or Google Classroom or pick and choose whichever one you want. When we start to think that it's just a way for kids to, uh, for us to hand out digital copies and for kids to do digital worksheets and hand them back in. And when we get into this, when we get into this, uh, that it's no, it's, it's a, it's just a place to hand out assignments and hand them back in, or it's just a place for me to pose a question and have kids have a conversation. That's mm -hmm. when it starts to really bog down. And, you know, that was online learning years ago. You know, I, you know, when I took my online master's degree back in 2002, it was all discussion forums and write a paper at the end. And today's LMS systems, uh, they offer so much more. And there's so much more uh -huh. on the internet that you can bring into that. That's why I like to just yeah. call, I like my LMS, like whenever I'm explaining with teachers, I'm like, it's a container. You can pull in video, you can pull in audio, you can have a discussion area, but you can also have a place where, you know, there's a free, I mean, one of the things that I always found fun is just a free discussion area. That has nothing to do with my class. Just like, a, I mean, for lack of a better term, a water cool area where kids can just rant and rave about whatever they want, you know? Because you need, you need that place to still be human because you don't focus all the time and have conversations right. that maybe aren't about unit two, assignment three. You know? Right, right. Yeah, and I, I agree uh, in those terms. And I, as uh, moving further down the list, that was one of the things that I had, was going to say was a suggestion is, this, you know, we need to let people talk. Um, yeah. We need to let, you know, people have face-to-face -face conversations or even just one-on-one -on -one conversations online. Uh, it, it's important. And it's also important to, to practice, not to actually practice, but or not even just go through the motions, but in reality, uh, having a dialogue like that uh, online shows you that you're using technology as a tool to share information, uh, academic information, uh, constructive ideas, not just, you know, the, the superficial that, uh, yeah. that happens a lot of this time which is okay we all do it right uh and it's a good place for it's a good place for kids to practice that you yeah know, if kids don't if kids don't have a place to practice being yeah. civil online then they end up on youtube in the comment section that isn't civil right where are we allowing those like in between times for kids to to build those skills of how do you have civil discourse in an online forum and if we're not setting up situations for that to happen of course it's going to go horrible fast, you know? Right, right. So, 
Um, I think that that's great too. And you know what, I will just put it in a plug and say, if you, if you want help with that, make sure that you ask your etectosa, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. that's what etectosa is there for it yeah. is to help you manage that piece. Uh, so that you can, you can use it to, to open up and, and, and run a classroom, not just to, not, not to make sure just that like that somebody's not just following directions and not cheating, but really open up a, and expand it to a, a learning tool that, uh, that can really shed a lot more light on your classroom as a community, uh, not just actually within your classroom, but maybe within the district and maybe connecting outside of the district. So um, that would be, that would be so cool, right? It's so cool. Uh, yeah. And, and I love that because that gets to your third point here that you have written, which is like creating a digital distraction plan for your classroom. And then one of the yeah, things, yeah. one of the things, you know, when you are yeah, a one-to-one -one teacher and for the first time, when you are, I was just saying, when you are a one-to-one -one teacher for the first time, you're having to set up different policies and procedures in your classroom because you have a different tool. And I, I love the idea of, you know, with students set up a distraction plan like you know this is and i talked about this in, a, in another podcast i think i talked about it around cell phones but i think it works just as well with laptops is that it has to become an agreement between you and the students on what is like i love like what is a distraction and i can respect your space you respect my space <laughs> right like i my job's here to teach you in the classroom and i understand that your things going on in your digital life Mm -hmm. that you have to take care of. And somewhere in between that is the balance, right? Yeah, and it goes a lot, because I listened to your previous podcast with the phone in, in terms of talking about that, and you covered a lot of the same idea, you know, uh, in those terms is that, um, and it has to, it really has to start with the kids. Um, they, you know, your, your job isn't to teach them what a distraction is, right? Like, yeah. I mean, to a certain, no, they know what distractions are. As a teacher, you can facilitate and maybe point out like, hey, do you think that that might be a distraction right now? You can, your job is to help them discover it, I would say yeah. in, in that terms. But you would actually say like, let's write, you know, these are your, you know, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. It's like, well, what do you want? Yeah. And what do the kids want? And you're going to find more, more than not that they, uh, I, I think that they, they're going to want to, I, I just, I don't know. I'm kind of a Pollyanna. I, kids never let me down. They just yeah. never let me down. They will take, they'll run with it. And you know what? They'll police themselves. They, they will, uh, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to cheat themselves either. And I think that that's the big thing. Even like in higher education, I've got some notes and I was thinking about when I was in college and. And we were, I was talking with a colleague because you and I are both like that generation X, you know, yeah. when I was in college, I can remember professors at the time, like there was no such thing as a, a smartphone, you know, yeah. but people brought <laughs> laptops, right? I know. And, and the typing drove the professor crazy, right? <laughs> like if you don't do that and, or they just completely banned them. And back then there wasn't really even any internet, you know, yeah. it wasn't just. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> But it was a distraction just by its presence or what you could say, right? But the one thing that I, I do believe, and this is true, is that, uh, you know, you have to be careful because, uh, you know, the kids want to, the kids will understand that they're just cheating themselves too. Uh, yeah. You know, you're, distract, you're distracting the instructor uh, with your device. You're distracting other students with your device and you're distracting yourself with it. 
So there's a huge web of that. And when I say distracting the instructor, I was reading in that, I was telling you from that blog, what they were talking about, what was interesting is that uh, as you age, what they, what they have found out is that someone like me is going to be, it's harder. I get distracted actually easier from outside. You know, the younger that you are, you can block out distractions. Maybe that's where the crux is. That's why we don't understand. We're like, why? But they don't get distracted as much as we that's a scientific, that's science, that's been scientifically proven. Oh, wow, that's cool. So anyway, but having those conversations with the kids and explaining that to them, say like, you know, I'm older than you, I get distracted really easy, and, you know, you need to help me too, mm-hmm. you know, as far as that's concerned, yeah. uh, you know, and having those conversations, so, um, and have them take, you know, take ownership of it. And then I think um, that goes into the next one, and honestly, you know what, uh, and you had talked about this um, big time in your last podcast is, um, you know, leading by example um, in terms of parents as well and teachers. And you know what, you are the the adult and I'm sorry, but don't think that, you know, you got an emergency email that you need to answer or a text answer. Okay. There's no such thing. There isn't. I'm sorry. There's, there's not, I mean, there's just, I, I mean, well, maybe there is, but on that off chance, but on a regular basis, no, I just don't buy it. And so um, you need to stay off your email when you have the kids in the room. Uh, and you, you need to go about your you need to go about your business on your time, just like just like they do. Fairness is a big thing with kids. And yeah, you know what? I, you, you might think I'm talking about high school kids. I'm talking about kindergarten, okay? Yeah. All the way down to kindergarten. Their parents have phones. Their parents have computers. Actually, the kindergartners and the younger kids are even more watchful, if yeah. that makes any sense. I mean, they see it big time. And so it's like you need to resist your own temptations and come up with that and maybe have that discussion in a contract with the kids in terms of what you know your expectations are going to be as well. Um, however, there's also a time for that. And the one thing that I included is I'm, I was big when I was a full-time classroom teacher is I shared my classroom on Instagram. I shared my classroom on Twitter um, and on Facebook. And so I was constantly taking my phone and taking pictures and filming for the kids. Okay. And I shared it and I would share it with the children so that they could see themselves. And we picked a time to do that. And I believe that that is an important thing is also as far as leading by example, that you're showing what you're doing, why you're doing it. And you're showing how cool and amazing they look through your eyes when you're yeah. doing it. I love that. And, you know, to your point that we have tools now that allow us to do it so easily. You know, it's so easy to grab your phone and take a photo or grab your phone and take a video or have kids spin their Chromebooks around and video a quick reflection using something like Padlet or Flipgrid, you know, to, to, to even look at their own learning. I mean, there's so many easy ways yeah. to, to do that. And to your point, yeah. lead by example, where do you reflect with your kids? One of the things I love about Flipgrid and I'll, I mean, I, they got bought by Microsoft and the whole thing's free now that came out this week. But the thing I love about Flipgrid is it, it's a very easy way for you as a teacher to have a reflection and for kids to have a, a video reflection and everybody get to see each other's reflections, right? Like that able, like, I'm not going to go tell the kids, oh, you go reflect while I stand here and watch you. No, get in there with them, right? Lead by example, show them what a good reflection is, you know, show them how to use this stuff appropriately. All the time we talk about when I hear you know, kids do not use it appropriately. And my first question is like, when are you teaching them that? And a half hour lesson on digital citizenship by the librarian is not teaching them that. Right, right. 
Oh, yeah. And the thing is, too, is that I, that was one of the things, like, there was a project that I, that I did this year, and it was actually my coattail, my coattail project, my final project. Yeah. And part of it was using Flipgrid platforms for students to share their learning. And, you know, Jeff, I can't even tell you, I cannot teach, I can't give a kid that feeling, that exhilaration that, you know, that from that authentic audience of his own peers, that somebody's watching him explain yeah. why he liked something and why he, you know, why you should do this or why you should do that. Like, you know, that is a feeling that I cannot manufacture. Like, exactly. I can't, I am not a doctor. Does that make sense? And then, <laughs> That's yeah, so true. No, the kids will not let you down. They will not yeah. let you down. And they will share like that. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you know what, and there, there will be ones that will make mistakes and th there have been. And however, that's where it's a teachable moment too. It's a teachable moment right there. And that's the whole point of it. Right. Yeah. Um, just like you said, as far as that practice goes and, and what that means. And so, uh, you know, it, it's best to go ahead and learn and try that. That's, you know, that's the whole point of school um, yeah. and, and the classroom and doing that. And so, uh, and you'll find, you know, like I said, I sound like a Pollyanna, but I can tell you that I'm the voice of experience and being a classroom teacher and doing this, that that stuff eventually uh, will take care of itself in terms of like you being the teacher and making sure that it gets taken care of. Uh, but the students themselves as well, they, they don't want to hurt. They, they don't want to feel hurt. They don't want to hurt other people. They, they don't want their classroom to feel that way. Uh, they don't want their classroom community to be that way. Uh, and, and you just need to make sure that you, you just you can't just like, like I said, you can't have that one time lesson. It just, it has yeah. to be constantly, you know, reflecting on, Hey, this is great. This is why it's great. That appreciative inquiry, if that makes sense to you. It's so, so true. I have, you know, to your point, you were talking about like sharing, you know, that the idea of leading by example, you're talking about using things like Instagram and Facebook. And I have found, I've got two, uh, two, two friends or teachers that I've been supporting in the last couple of years who've been using Instagram with high school kids because every high school kid is on Instagram. Yeah. And so the teachers used yeah. it as a way of like, and like one teacher, she's like, I took a cup of my coffee in the morning. Like, you know, it's Wednesday. I got two shots instead of one. And she's like, I had like 57 likes, you know, she's <laughs> like, and not that, not, it wasn't about the 57 likes. It was about her sharing part of her day with her kids. Right. Like she, and she was like, it was like the kids kept coming in and we're like, Oh, it's one of those days, you know, like, but it, and she was talking about like building that rapport and leading by example of what does good social media look like? Know that I'm here, know that I care, know that I get it, you know? Oh, and that. you know, they're, they're so fast. You know, Jeff, I was at Union High School and I snapped a picture of one classroom. They were sitting there, they were sitting there with their Chromebooks. I snapped it, I, I posted it. I had a thousand Look, a thousand kids, just, I don't even know it was kids, a thousand, I couldn't believe it. And, one, yeah. and that was like, literally just like a flash. It yeah. was a flash. And, and I mean, you know, and they were, you know, and it, they didn't know, but, and, and it's not like there was like a thousand comments, but just a thousand like, oh, wow, you know, hey, you know, like, I, it was just, it was crazy. And you know what? I never get that much traffic. I'm not famous or I don't, <laughs> you know, but that made me like, whoa. But it just made me realize how connected they are. Yeah, they're there. Sure. Yeah. always watching and so yeah. the power of that in terms of what they do with it as well and uh and how they see it uh can be used uh by by adults too so um one of the things that i taught was i taught a safety and social media class uh for adults and one of the examples that i used was when i talked about modeling was i don't know if you've ever seen 
you know, the television show Ellen, right? Yeah. She, uh, she has a, I found your Facebook uh, segment on her show. Um, if you haven't seen it, you need to go onto YouTube because her audience, she'll, she will pull your Facebook page and she will look for stuff and will call you out in the crowd and you will stand up and she will post a picture. She'll be like, can you just tell me why you posted that? Like mm. what it is, you know, oh, very cool. And it is hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. However, if you saw these pictures, you would just be like, oh my gosh. Like yeah. again, it's, it's all in good fun and there's a lot of them and it is really funny, but I can tell you that when you're on the other end of that, you're like the impact you realize of what you posted. And now like on her show, she's showing it and there's millions of people watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Something that you thought that was innocuous as an adult. Again, like it, it's interesting to see like somebody like my age realize, Oh wow. You know, that can no. happen. And so, because we're always telling kids, you know, be careful, be careful. And then, you know, an adult when you see it when the shoe is on is on the other foot i think that it's really interesting to remember that too um but maybe again as we cycle through generations that'll change i don't know um the one thing that i would say yeah um the one thing that i would say as well is that the last uh the last area that i had on here was just and i you know i wanted i know this sounds really general but it's like you know be be an interesting teacher you know, be a person that maybe makes them forget the phone. Uh, and I know at times it's easier said than done, but that has to deal with, you know, how you're delivering the content and, and the projects that you have. Um, the article that I, uh, you know, that blog that I had talked about, um, the distracted classroom, he talked about visiting a classroom where uh, he, you know, the kids, um, they all, they didn't check in their cell phones. They had them there um, and uh, they were working and he would see them check their phones every now and then and then they would just get back to work because they were working on a project together all the children were and when I mean children I'm talking about high school kids yeah and so the, the fact is, is that you, if you have um, if you have a, a project if you if what you're doing is engaging you know that that's gonna take over so that's true. gonna take precedent and over I over what's happening yeah and I can't agree more like I I can't tell you how many times and I have the luxury of being an outside consultant that when I'm talking yeah. with teachers, I get to say, you need to be more interesting or you need to be, you need to be more interesting than the phone. You need to be more interesting than the connection. Cause I get to walk away. I'm not a Tosa like you trying to support these teachers to have to build a relationship, mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. so true. You know, how many times have I walked into classrooms and not even with tech, like kids are actually mm -hmm. doing like worksheet and paperwork. Yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. It's so, I mean, yeah. they are so, it's so, yeah, exactly. so, and so boring uh, and, that they're on their phones, you know, or they're, they're off task right. doing something else. It, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. And that's one of the, the one thing that I'm happy about uh, and why I'm so excited to be in Evergreen this year is that, uh, you know, the district is, you know, they understand that and they're making a push uh, for project-based learning. And, uh, you know, they hired, uh, they hired, like, you know, they create, like, they, you know, that they put, to they're putting TOSAs in the district. They're putting, like, me in the district yeah. to help with, you know, doing that and, and making sure that that's going to happen with these devices. So it's going to be, it's going to be really cool to see. And, and, you know, that'll probably be like, hopefully like another podcast to talk about and, you know, and what that means as far as blending that type of project with technology to, to break down those walls, like the, how would you say the, the actual walls and expand the classroom, you know, beyond. Uh, and, and that's what technology really is, right? That that's, you know, it's the, it's the big tool to really connect and communicate 
and, and share ideas, not just within, not, so the, you, the onus isn't just on you as the teacher to be the audience. The audience is the whole world, right? Yeah. Um, kids, you know, kids connecting, you know, all over, uh, kindergartners everywhere, first graders yeah. everywhere, high schoolers everywhere. It's, it's doable. It's doable now. We can, we can do it now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and kids, kids can change things. They can do things. I'm sorry. I'm getting off. I'll get off the soapbox. But that's it's why fun. I do what. Yeah. I, but that's why I do what I do is because I want. I want them to see the power that they do have. That yeah. the, the, this is what the technology does. It, it is. It is a great power, and yeah. you can change lives. You can change your own life. You can. You can do a lot. And when I mean change somebody's life, I mean just. You know, that, that's what I'm talking about. It doesn't have to be huge, like some huge like fundraiser or curing cancer. Does that make sense? <laughs> totally. And I think that brings us, you know, it brings us full circle because that idea of, you know, we started the podcast when you're saying like, you know, we're always worried about like, um, how do we get them to stop doing this? How do we get them to stop doing that? And the first things as adults that we want to block is like you were saying is like, how do we get them to not chat on hangouts? How do we get them to not communicate this way? And we forget that these tools, all of these tools are made for us to communicate with each other. The power of a laptop is to communicate and create. And they're the first things that school districts block or the first things that teachers are like, how do I get rid of this, this, and this? How do I keep them from doing that, that, and that? And when you talk about those things, 90% of it, the 1% being games, the other 90% or 99% of it is communication and creation tools. And if we're not going to, to your point, like Evergreen is focused on project-based learning if, or problem-based learning, if we're not going to change where we're actually using the tools to communicate with authentic audiences, to create authentic, purposeful solutions to things, then why are we spending the money giving every kid a device? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, uh, I yeah, I would say uh, we have a lot to look forward to. I think. It's, yeah. Well, it's I'm excited for you guys. I mean, you guys have a massive rollout. Uh, you've got such a great team down there, in you know, building the team the right way. Uh, focused on the right things. I'm so excited for you guys down there as a district. You're definitely heading in the right direction. Thanks a lot. I'm excited. I'm excited for us too. And I'm excited to see uh, what's going to be coming down the pipeline. I, I will be looking forward to sharing that with you guys. Yeah. So excited. Uh, as we wrap this up, do you uh, just want to share where can people, if they want to reach out to you, learn more about your school district or want to follow you on Twitter, you just want to, where, where should people find you at? Where can they find you at? You know what? They can find me. Uh, my name it's Deborah Hernandez, D-E-B-R-A at Deborah Hernandez uh, dot. Uh, I shouldn't say. Well, I do have a website. It's at DebraHernandez.com. But at my Twitter, I'm just at Deborah Hernandez, and that's where I'm the most active. Is on I would say on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, at Instagram, I'm just if you look for Deborah Hernandez, you'll see me on there. And it's like I said, it's D-E-B-R-A-H-E-R-N-A-N-Z. And uh, we do also have a an EPS blog, and it's just, uh, but if you go to evergreenps.org, uh, EPS EdTech, you'll see it there. It's kind of a lot to, to remember when we're talking here on the podcast, but yeah. I can send you some links if you want to go ahead and include those uh, with that. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, nope, that's great. I, I like having you put them out loud so people know, and then we'll make sure all those links end up in the show notes. So when we hang up, if you send me an email, I'll make sure that all the links to everything you want to go to. Okay. Are- 
end up in the show notes and that's perfect. So, well, thank you so much for joining me and going through these five tips to help eliminate distractions in the classroom. I really appreciate it. And we'll have you on again in the future and check in to see how things are going in the rollout. Okay. Have a great summer, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Shifting Our Schools is part of the Eduro Learning Podcast Network. For more great content, visit sospodcast.org or follow us at Eduro Learning on Facebook and Twitter. Leave a review, rate, and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.